Hey everybody, how are you? This is another episode of the Ungrown Ups Podcast. This is episode 36, or as we like to call it, the 36th episode. And I'm Ryan. That's this Matthew. Matthew. Yep. Uh, we are actually uh, doing things. Yeah. I have no we idea. That was a weird hesitation. Today. We did adventure today. So, um, I think, uh, do we need to remind people that they are listening to the, uh, the what is it, the 226th <laughs> highest rated podcast in... Oh man! Oh, I thought we were in like the top one seventy five. So, so, because we have a podcast and because we have an email address, we get random offers from different companies, and and one of them is from a a company called Pod Status. Ooh! And of course, it's a paid service. You well, subscribe, and they let you know how your podcast is doing. But they decided to reach out to me with a with a I guess informational update, letting me know that the Ungrown Ups is the one hundred and seventy one. 171st first, yeah. most popular leisure podcast in New Zealand, which is weird. And it's the 224th most popular leisure podcast in Denmark. I Weirder think, yet. I think that's all our Lego employees listening in because Oh, that'd be cool. <laughs> actually, you know what? That would be pretty cool. So if anybody that actually works at Lego does listen to this, that'd be neat. Yeah. Just let us know. Yeah. Well, I don't want anything from you. I just think it's cool. I think it's hilarious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, just send us an email at... What's uh, the appeal to people in New Zealand? Ungrownups at ungrownups.com. New Zealanders, why do you listen to us? I th- and I'm just more curious. I don't I don't blame you. But I mean, to be 171st, does that mean like 500 people have listened to us in New Zealand? Like, I don't know what Well, maybe New Zealand only has 171 podcasts. Or 172. Yeah, yeah sure. <laughs> I mean... Either way, I guess your version is a lot, slightly more optimistic. But we're we're on the charts, apparently. Yeah, in crazy. some way, shape, or form. But the other thing that's interesting too is if you look at the reviews, people actually like our show. Like we're solid. Do we five have any? Star. Like, do we have any new reviews? I haven't looked in a while. Um. Yeah. Let me look at any the, words. Is it any, do people leave words? I, I have, like when they do that. Yeah, yeah. It's it's always nice when they have words. Um. Yeah. I'm trying to see if I can find the. Uh, like when you when you use the podcast app, it doesn't give you the the view. You have to like pull it up in like iTunes or something like that. But um, yeah, I think we have some like double digit reviews, but they're all a solid five star. Yeah, I mean that's that's cool. Like I'm trying to pull up the page now. I know the, the Apple. Yeah, thing. we didn't really plan this. Out. No, we. <laughs> so this just this is just what we started talking about. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. that being said, oh yeah, customer reviews five stars out of five, fourteen ratings. There you go. Uh, Pop culture brilliance. Yeah, we've read that one before. Uh-huh, I uh-huh. do like that one. Uh, no, we only have two people. Actually, written reviews. Words. Everybody else is just clicking five stars. Shelby the tortoise. I don't know. I don't know who that is. That was on uh, 10 2019. So if you'd like to leave us a review, you can head to your favorite podcast site or Apple Podcasts and leave us a review. Yeah. Um, hopefully, you don't hate it, Nick. <laughs> Not that he hates it. I, I know. We were texting yeah. earlier in the week and you called him and he's like, I don't hate it. And we're like, Shit. Yeah, I think he, he had mentioned to me there was something that wasn't super engaging i think probably no i think it was we misstated the barbecue like we said that he had a traeger or something like that and he was like no 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 i've got oh whatever yeah it was overly technical that most people probably didn't notice yeah but today we had an adventure we did so we met here at uh the the ungrown worldwide (laughs) hq uh (laughs) right because i mean we need a place to to be HQ'd out of world, but I don't. Yeah, okay, yeah whatever. So we met here this morning, uh, loaded up into the the forerunner of doom. 
don't know why I just called it that. It's just a forerunner. And uh, we headed up the local mountains. But it, funny enough, we got there and the gate was closed. So the other two people we were supposed to meet were already there. Gate was closed. Kind of a bummer. But we found out that it was because of a downed tree. The ranger had gone out to check it out and eventually came back and opened the gate. And yeah, away we, we went. We met up at the, I guess, the starting point oh, at about 930 this Maple morning. Maple Springs. Yeah, there we go. Uh-huh. And so we met up at 9.30 this morning, and we got there after the gate had been closed. Which apparently I told everybody to meet at 9. Oh. Yeah. told me 9.30, so. Whatever. That's fine. But, uh, well, it doesn't make a difference because the gate was closed anyways. But True. we got there, and then we just kind of hung around, just chit-chatting. And it was interesting seeing the, the line of cars and, and motorcycles coming yeah. up and turning around uh, because the gate was closed. But luckily, at about, what, 10, 15 or so. Something like that. They yeah. finally opened the gate up, and then we got to go up up to the top of the uh, the local mountains. And it was actually we quite went to the, uh, Majeska Peak. Yes. Yeah. And it was quite the adventure. This was the first time I'd actually been up there. And uh, even though it's off-road, I mean, you, we had it in two-wheel drive the whole way. Yeah. But the one thing that I will say is there was a lot of Jeeps that we encountered on the drive up. So many Jeeps. And, you know, we know the saying, it's, it's a Jeep thing. You don't understand? Yeah, no, definitely don't understand. Yeah, we don't understand. Because... Here's the thing. Jeeps are definitely capable off-road. Yeah, for sure. But they suck everywhere else. But then also, the, I guess the people that drive them are kind of weird. And then the modifications they make are always questionable. Yeah, why the angry eyeball thingamajigger? Yeah, the angry grills we never really understood. Luckily, we only saw like two or three of them on this outing. Yeah, but there were a lot of Jeeps up there. Um, In every shape comments. and form. I mean, yep. there was the two-door, four-door... Yeah. And then the Gladiator, the, the the truck version of the Wrangler. So yeah. H1, H1 was up there, which is not a Jeep, but it was up there. Yeah. And then the best part was, is after the, the uh, H1 comes rumbling up and it's all modified. It's got uh, door bars. It's got no physical doors. It's Ugh. got a lift and all sorts of crap done to it. And then a stock Subaru Crosstrek yeah, right comes up like a hundred feet behind yeah. it. Well, it's weird. Like I've been up there. I've been up there a lot and you see... I've seen minivans up there. I've seen Honda Civics. There's stuff that just shouldn't be up there that people take up there anyways. Yeah. I mean, you, you don't really need, obviously, clearly we didn't need the, the all-wheel drive or four-wheel drive capability. It was really just the ground clearance you, yeah. you would need. Yeah, there's some spots where you definitely need ground clearance. And the, the thing about, like, I mean, with four-wheel drive, it's really, you know, most of the time you're, you don't need it, especially around here. And, you know, like it's not like it's snow or anything. And, right. and it's pretty hard pack. It's not a, this isn't like a crazy trail. It's a pretty well-traveled trail. It's like a fire road, but a it's little a rockier. And, yeah, yeah, exactly. But I mean, the crazy thing is, is we were driving past people that were mountain biking up it, hiking, hiking up it. Yeah. So it's every the time hikers, we, I don't understand. Every time we passed the hiker, we would look over and, and some of them, you clearly saw a look of regret. Yeah, right. like they were in this going why did i agree to yeah. to walk up to the top of this peak yeah this is a horrible idea kind because of some of the people because even though the gate was closed obviously it was open to pedestrian traffic so they were walking by and when the gate finally opened up you know an hour later we drove past them what maybe two three miles up like it wasn't like they had gotten very far no, they didn't get far at all i just yeah and i think too that there are so many other hikes that you can do here that i don't know why you would do that one because it has so much vehicle traffic right it's got to be miserable right i mean i'd rather do a hike that was designed just for pedestrian traffic only yeah and there's plenty of those like uh, go to black star right a a mountain biker is fine but a guy in a dirt bike or a guy in a jeep or a a full-size truck you're just kind of like it's a little overkill yeah there's actually quite a few full-size trucks which is a not a great 
vehicle to go up there because it's pretty narrow. Yeah. Um, and there's a, there's not a lot of places to pull. And over. It, there's a couple of tight corners too. Yeah. So when you were something with a, a crew cab long bed, yeah, it's a tricky turn to get around and, and do the switchbacks. But I think the thing that that surprised me so much was just because of this being more of an aggressive fire road was the etiquette or the lack thereof. Yeah, right. Well, I think it's a lot of people just don't know. Right. And right. like, I, I didn't know, but like Ryan pointed out, it's like, you know, the vehicles going uphill have the right of way. Yeah. So if you're going downhill and you encounter somebody coming in the other direction, you're the one that should pull over and make room so the person going uphill can pass. Yeah. And it's courteous to let people know how many vehicles are in the group so that they know, you know, when that group ends. Right. Like so they that. can stay yeah. aside and yeah, let yeah, the cars exactly. pass. Yeah. None of that happened. No. Well, there's once. Once. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, we were trying to indicate, hey, there's there's another Jeep behind us right. that's in our group and we can do this. And and it was just interesting to see because there were, were a lot of cars that you could tell that it was just people just driving straight up. Like, I mean, we saw the uh, the completely stock Lexus LX470 yeah, with LRD stickers on the, on the rear quarter panel. So TRD is Toyota Racing Development. And there are TRD trim levels for their Tacomas and 4Runners and stuff. LRD does not exist. No. But the guy had the exact same decal design on his Lexus for Lexus racing and development. That's guy. I mean, obviously, you can buy him. You probably got him on the, the Etsy. eBay. Oh, <laughs> or eBay. eBay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, eBay, eBay. But it's, uh, it's interesting. You know, talking, too, about people just kind of walking places they shouldn't walk. Um, I was yesterday, we went to San Diego. Yeah. And I'll tell you about that in a second. But part of it was we were coming off the kind of going to Balboa Park because we wanted to just go walk around and hang out, which Balboa Park tonight was flipping packed. But that being said, as we were kind of getting off the highway, there was a uh, uh, guy basically walking across the middle of the road and it like enough that so I, I pulled the wet the footage from my dash cam and it's actually really not that close but at the time right it was hard on the brakes moved to the to the left to not hit this guy and but i you guess you couldn't he was really move to the left because there was, well, there was a like weird a, island. a weird island thing yeah, yeah yeah but what was interesting about it, at the time it felt much scarier than it really was well, when think, you go and look at the footage. I think the other problem is, is like the footage you were looking at it from like, I guess a wide angle camera. Yeah, view. it's super wide. So it totally throws off the perspective and right, the right, sensation right. of speed. Yeah. But you know, we didn't hit anybody. No. Eh, and you had, it? and if you did, you would have had proof that it wasn't maybe your fault because the guy was walking in the middle of the street. I feel the- like that <laughs> wouldn't work. Yeah, I know you're supposed to yield to pedestrians, but when the pedestrian's literally in the middle of the lane... Well, and it's a weird, like, you come around a corner and it's uphill. It was yeah. just a weird, like... Anyways, so, yeah, that happened. But yesterday was, was fun. I had another adventure yesterday. Um, and that one was a, a four-legged... Not four-wheel drive, but four-legged, right? Many legs of varieties of types of legs. Yeah. A lot of fours. Yeah, so we, um, we went to... Uh, this donut shop in San Diego went to uh, a place in, called Crackhead in Carlsbad and got these really good breakfast sandwiches. Oh, it was awesome. And then we went to a place. It's called the Children's Nature Reserve. It is in San Diego. Santee somewhere. Diego. In, well, in, yeah. In actually, I want to look it up because I don't know exactly what is the it official. Is it Like up in the hills? Uh, in the hot part of San Diego? It was warm. Yeah. That's um, the other thing. Is, I no, don't know. Children's Nature Retreat. I'm sorry. It's called. Oh. The other and thing that's been surprising is it's it's January and we're in 
Temps in the what mid eighties? Yeah, it's in a city called Alpine, which is okay. kind of an unincorporated area, which yeah, I'd yeah. never, to be honest, with, I'd never heard of before. But what was awesome about it was, so we got a buck. You get a bucket of like all these different foods. We got to see mini pig, hang out with a little horse, like a pony. We got to hang out with a mini goat, which is the coolest goat ever. Um, dude, fed zebras. They have zebra, two zebras. How big is a zebra? Like up close, like a horse. Horse size, okay. But the thing about it was there was no supervision. Yeah. Like you just hang out at the fence and hang and feed a zebra. Like I, that was awesome. I was super excited for that. Um, there's, oh my God, dude, this little baby alpaca, probably a few weeks old. Yeah. And we walked over and it's got its head literally buried under the hay, just trying to get to whatever the good stuff is, I guess. And just like pop maybe its the, head up. Maybe the wet hay, I guess. I don't know. I was going to say like, is the hay any different on the bottom than it is at the top? But I don't know. It was awesome. But if you, so, uh, this place too, that what we both agree that it's, too hard like they they need to do some better advertising or marketing because they actually really take care these animals were so well taken care of they're mostly rescues it's a really really cool thing that they're doing they've got camels and zebras and alpacas and cows and all kinds of stuff um mini goats tons of goats and they're probably not charging enough for the the experience what was admission like 20 bucks kind of thing i don't remember i didn't arrange that part of it so i um, showed up yeah, yeah, I mean, I it, it was cool though. It was so much fun. So um, zebra, had a really good time. Is it a is it black with white stripes or is it white with black stripes? Uh, yeah. Well, no, the stripes are the, the black s- part. But you can, but you you can look at the skin. You know, like my well, dog no, is because black the white and- part all runs together. The black parts are the stripy parts. Okay. Right. I guess. Yeah, I'm going with that. I never, I never really figured. You know, is it a black animal with white stripes or is it a white animal with black stripes? It's the second one. I guess, yeah. No, it's the second one. I don't know. Yeah, I don't. I don't know, I don't know if there's a right answer. I just. Was... I'm. I'm right now. I'm claiming to be authority on zebra color. All right. And that was for our New Zealand listeners, zebra. And in Canadian. And our Canadians. Yeah. Uh, and other people in Europe, probably. Yeah. Australia. Yeah, it was always interesting. Maybe they don't listen in Australia. When you converse with a Canadian and they talk about like a Nissan, like the yeah, Nissan. Yeah. Or a Nissan. Mazda. Yeah, Mazda, but yeah. the the 350Z. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so anyway, so then uh, we went to Balboa Park, which was, you know, in San Diego, obviously. It's so sad to see all the museums closed because those are some of my favorite museums yeah. in California. Balboa Park is an awesome, awesome park experience because it's huge. You- it was packed. Are right, just people hanging out, laying out? People like- hanging out. There were people that had like legit folding tables. They had these whole setups with them. It was crazy. Like dining setup kind yeah, of Yeah, it was super interesting. And then... Um, so we did that, and then like we got a cider, walked around the park, cruised and checked out all the museums, and then or what had you dinner and checked out know. the outside of the museums. Well, yeah, sure. And it was cool because it's the I haven't been down there in, in a while, and the the Air and Space Museum or the the it's Air and Space Museum, right? I think it is. Yeah, yeah, that one and the Car Museum they're right next to each other. Totally brought back childhood memories. I used to go down there all the time. I loved going there. And I would, I mean, it would be so cool if it was opening it. The Natural History Museum there is awesome. The Art Museum is great. There were some really, really good museums. It'll be interesting to see now that we have the vaccine sort of available, like it exists. Working. Yeah, and they're, they're they're dispensing it, you know, in in local populations. Like here, Disneyland, the parking lot has turned into a um, a massive point of operation. So. You have to make an appointment online or whatever, but you pull into the parking lot and you can actually get vac- vaccinated. But you, okay, so I can't go though, right? Like we couldn't just show up. No, no, you have to make your appointment online and it's only open based on a, of a, the priority. So there's like 
one a one b one c how do you know what priority you are you look at the site and it tells you so like one a is like people over like 75 years old not me and then like medical workers and stuff not like that me. i am one c because i have a i have a chronic illness so yeah before that puts me at a, at a higher priority i'm just a jerk chronically you'd, you'd probably be the the second priority but priority two is technically the fourth because there's one a b and c oh, and then there's two but you register online, and when you do, then you show up, and they can jab you in the arm. But actually, I signed up to be a volunteer. So they're looking for we medical be workers. A because this is a huge parking lot and venue yeah, and stuff, yeah, yeah. they're looking for medical workers, one, to actually to inject people with the, with a the vaccine. You're but not qualified for that. That I am not qualified oh, okay. for, for sure. But they also need help with like logistics, like oh, yeah. getting people into the parking lot, yeah. showing where they need to line up at, uh, checking people in, like uh, doing... You know, documentation and stuff like that. Well, you think I, Disney would have enough people to do that because they've they've always have like seven thousand parking people standing around, right? But so this bring is them a, back. This is a county operation. So what? A, yeah, hire them, right? Or make them volunteer, or but, hire them. Yeah, so, have Disney pay for them to be there. You have enough money, Disney. Yeah, Disney laid off of everybody. Yeah, pretty much. Like, I I <laughs> I had a dentist appointment last month, and uh, the dental hygienist also worked in the in the park she was she was ariel from the little mermaid and then she aged out of that and she was i think one of the evil stepsisters like cinderella's stepsisters sure and so she was on still like employed through disney all the way up until december so even though she wasn't working any hours she wasn't laid off she was but she was furloughed or whatever it was but she was technically still a disney employee until December, and then her and four thousand of her colleagues were finally uh, laid off. Yeah, that's crazy. That's crazy. Uh, Speaking, actually, you know, the other thing Disney is doing. So they're doing the vaccine thing. They have no employees, as far as I can tell, at least here in California, because Disney uh, Disney Florida is open. Right. Disney World. Yeah. Disney World. Disney World. Um, but what Disney has decided to do is to eliminate their season pass holders. Yeah, the them. annual pass holders no yeah, more. Yeah. Yeah. So apparently. At but I point, kind of agree with that. It makes sense. Well, at some point, they're, I guess they're doing prorated refunds, which I don't know how that's going to work. Like, I only had mine for a month before it clo- or two before it closed down. Right. So, so do I get ninety percent back? Right. And where's my money? That's true. But that being said, so nobody really knows what the plans are. However, speculation is that they'll bring back a different program that will be uh, more of like a membership program and probably cost more. Well. The thing with the with the annual pass is it was great for local residents. And I was going to say Southern California, but I know people in Northern California and in Arizona that have annual passes. But the benefit was it was a interest-free loan that you financed over 12 months. So if you bought an annual pass that was like 600 bucks, you'd be paying 50 bucks a month every month right. without interest. And so it enabled a lot of people, a lot of people to have annual passes. And so every time we went to the park, even if we were, you know, with or without an annual pass, we buy admission, the park would be packed. And so Disney's concern was that once they open up and they're figuring that they're hoping to open up sometime this spring or summer to, you know, maybe 25% capacity or whatever, that all the annual pass holders would rush back into the park and just make it this congested headache. So to avoid that, I think that's one of the reasons why they went ahead and and discontinued or suspended the annual pass holder program. Yeah. But I think if they do bring it back, you're right. It'll probably be different. And one of the things I'm sort of kind of hoping for is that they get rid of the interest-free monthly financing. Because I think what 
ended up happening is way too many people picked up the annual pass going, oh, it's only 50 bucks a month. No big deal. So interestingly, Disney does not give uh, numbers of their annual pass holders. Like they don't t- say how yeah, many. Yeah, they, they never disclose. Like yeah. even like when the park is sold out, they never tell you how many people that is. Yeah, but what's interesting. Well, there was an article that I read that the speculation, there's over a million pass holders. Yeah. And I, like I said, I mean, I know people in Arizona and Northern yeah. California that have yeah. passes. So it makes sense. But a million people and you figure, okay, realistically in the park on a given day is half the crowd annual pass holder. Yeah. You know, and now you got rid of that half. So now when you go to, when you return back to Disneyland, does that mean the park is going to be that much less congested because of the lack of the pass? I'm sure they'll figure out a way to make it just as packed. Oh yeah. Well, of course they're not opening up to hundred percent occupancy anyway. So it'll probably be 25% occupancy, whatever that magic number is. I wonder when that's ever going to happen. Yeah. That's the other thing is when will it happen? Well, so March 23rd is when, uh, that's basically when it'll be a year of this. Oh yeah, yeah. It's uh, just before that, something like that. Yeah, year. yeah. It, it is kind of crazy that we're now approaching that one year kind right. of thing. Because I remember my first day working from home was March thirteenth. Yeah. So it it is kind of crazy to think that you know we're coming around to a full year of dealing with this and seeing what has changed in some ways and what what hasn't. I'm just getting I'm getting fatigued. Like I just. Well, I think everybody is. Yeah, yeah. No, for sure. I just at this point like. I'm figuring out ways to, <laughs> to have adventure. I'm going to go to Death Valley in a couple of weeks. Yeah. Um, you know, probably head out to Vegas. Like, I just, I, I'm. Well, like what we did today, it. we were basically just hanging out in the car, just going for a drive, really. Right. But yet, that was still an adventure. That was still kind of fun. Got us outdoors, right. you know. But it, it yeah, it, it's interesting. Like, you know, my wife and I were still trying to figure out do we start planning vacations? Do we start saying, okay, we think things will be better? We should start planning out what we're going to do later this summer, or right. later this year, and start buying flights and, and looking into, you know, booking hotels or Airbnbs or whatever they may be. Just because, I mean, for us, so much of a, so much of the fun of the vacation was knowing that you had something to look forward to. Right. Right. You know that in, in six weeks or, or three months or whatever that timeline was, you were going somewhere and it was going to be an adventure. And, and to not have that for a year has been kind of a pain. Mm-hmm. So it'll it'll be nice to to be able to do that again, and I think we're, you know, we're talking about it. it's like okay, can we do this? Should we do this? Um, and so pretty soon, I think we are going to start, you know, firming up plans and start trying to nail down some ideas of what we want to do and, and where we want to go. Yeah, I we had talked about <clears throat> the plan was to do Iceland, but I I don't know, dude. I don't even like know where to start. Yeah, and I think realistically, I think a travel adventure would be within the within the U.S. Just because I, my assumption is, is one, there's going to be clearly vaccination requirements to go for international travel, which I don't have a problem with because I'm going to get vaccinated as soon as I can. Mm-hmm. It's just a question of the timeline. Right? Yeah. <clears throat> well, not only the timeline, but okay, so you get vaccinated. I, apparently, there's some other strain that it doesn't matter. So who knows? From what I've seen, the, the strain spreads easier, but it still responds to the vaccine. So it's not like the vaccine doesn't work. It's just that if you haven't, like there's been some doctors that have gotten the first round yeah, of the vaccine yeah. and then have come down with covid um but that's only because they got the injection and then maybe like a week or so later before they had the second injection uh-huh. they came down with it so there's there's still that kind of gray area of when you've been injected but obviously because you haven't had the second round it hasn't you know kicked in and, and done its thing yeah well i mean to that end right so that's why i think there's just so many of these like 
planning. I've, I've got, I don't know, I guess through mid February or late February. Planning. Well, and that was the other reason why I volunteered to be a, um, a, I volunteered to be a volunteer yeah, yeah. At, at these, uh, large, uh, vaccination sites is one is if you volunteer and you commit to like a certain number of hours, yeah. you get the vaccinations. So if uh-huh. you're low on the list or whatever, you volunteer a couple of days, you've got it taken care of. And the yeah. cool thing with, with the company I work for is I can take two days off, four days off, something like that, and they'll pay for it to, if I'm volunteering. Oh, that's cool. So it's like it's not like I'm missing out on getting paid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm still getting paid. It's yeah. just I'm not sitting in the office or AKA my dining room. I just know and this is going to sound kind of, I guess, selfish, but I just I don't have time right now to do yeah. it. Yeah, I, I just think for me, it's it's that, okay, I'm, I'm helping in some way. Yeah, Even yeah. Even though and it's I a small like, thing. But yeah, I mean, it's not a matter of I don't want to help. I just literally don't, don't have, have time. time. Dude, I, yeah. I'm finding it hard to get everything done in my day. Yeah. Especially the last, like, couple weeks. It's just been really hectic, so. Well, it's a good thing you got up at, like, 5 this morning. <laughs> uh, 6. 5. 6. 5.55, something like that. Oh, you slept in. Yeah, right? No, I, uh, I did get up a little early. But, you know. Fun. And then yeah. I came here and did uh hung out, took a shower, waited for you to show up. Yeah. It was a fun adventure. It was worth it. Yeah. No, I liked it. It was it was a good time. I but I, I will always like if there's a oh hey, let's go drop some wheels in the dirt. Yeah, let's go do that. Yeah, it's fun. And it's the nice thing is is that you know you can go like we're gonna like I said, Death Valley, we're just doing overnight um in Death Valley in a couple weeks. But the nice thing about that is is that you can go out on BLM land. There's not a lot of people around. Right. right. And so just hang out, be mostly by yourself. It's great. Yeah. yeah. My, uh, my younger brother went up to Yellowstone like, like a couple of weeks ago now, I yeah. guess at this point. And just, you know, he say the park was empty and just being able to walk around and do hikes and, yeah. and experience the waterfalls and all this stuff and just kind of have the place yourself. He said, was just amazing. Yeah, one of my uh, my other friends, he's uh, Drew. Actually, he's supposed to go. He said he's going to go. Oh, so he's going to pick up a roof rack or something, or his rooftop tent at some point. So he's going to do Yellowstone on the way back. Yeah, might as and well. I told him he's got to go say hi to my friend. She lives in she lives in Cody. Yeah, just drive by and honk and say. Right, no, he says should probably hi. stop and say hello. She's uh, Ding she dong works bitch. At the, she works at the brewery in Cody. Just put like a, a flaming bag of shit on her doorstep. This is from Ryan. No, that would be rude since she's a very nice person. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah, but that you know, it's a it's a cool place. So uh, I really I really like it out there. I'd love to go back. And did, so he did, he must have done Tetons as well because it's right there. I have no idea. They no. just had a nice little adventure and oh, stuff, cool. and it just looked real scenic. And it's like, okay, yeah, yeah. that that makes sense. And it's kind of the same thing for me. It's like being able to plan something out far enough far enough in advance allows me to kind of prepare my workload. Yeah. Right. If I know if I'm doing this in six weeks, I can kind of try to get my workload to the point where in six weeks I'm not going to be slammed with stuff. You know. Whereas right. if I try to go, oh, let's do this next week. Oh, I can't because I have this project due and I have this meeting or whatever it is. So I've been just like lately I've had to really just take a day here and a day there and just for my own mental sanity, yeah. um, which has been pretty good. And I, you know, I've, it's been a, it's been a long, I don't know. I just, like I said, I'm well, it's, it's that cliched, you know, the new normal. I mean, it sucks, but it, in some ways it is true. And it's unfortunate we don't want it to be the normal, but because we've been in this for so long, it it's the current normal. Yeah, well, yeah, and it's currently stupid. Yeah, yeah. it currently sucks. Yeah, and yeah, I mean, we've talked about this, and we yeah. won't belabor it, but like all the rules and that don't make any sense, and all the other like the BS, rules that like, aren't being enforced, but sort of, kind of are in some cases. Well, but, I just think it's the yeah. the lack of, I guess, fairness in the way that the rules have been created, and the 
the seeming lack of logic to some of this stuff that's just yeah stupid. I know. So suck it. Yeah. Speaking of looking forward to things, I pre-ordered something on Amazon that I think is going to ship sometime in March. That's a while. It is a while. And oh, remember how last year I I pre-ordered the um, the Cybertruck, the little Tesla RC controlled Cybertruck from Hot Wheels. No. So it was supposed to. I pre-ordered that in February, I think, of of 2020. Yeah, shouldn't you already have that? With the December ship date, and then the first week of December, I started getting emails from from Mattel saying, due to COVID and unexpected production delays, um, we can't. You know, you're not going to get your 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 pre-ordered RC cars in December. Okay. We have to notify you by law, and if you want to change your mind, you can. If you want to keep your order. Our new expected ship date is March. Oh, whatever. So yeah, I figured whatever. It's it, they're two what, sixty four scale yeah, RC yeah, yeah. Cybertrucks. Well, it's, it's you waited this long. What's the difference? Right, exactly. Yeah. What's what's another three months? But so not only do I have Cybertrucks coming in March, I have a Haynes repair manual for the DeLorean from Back to the Future. Which, just for the record, is not a real car. It is not a real car, but it is a real Haynes manual. Yeah, which is so funny. And. I think- I think they've done them for other stuff, too. I was trying to think of... I thought I had one for something random, too, but I don't... Maybe I don't. Yeah, so Bob Gale is the uh, screenwriter for Back to the Future. So basically, this Haynes manual kind of gives you, like, the disassembly and the assembly instructions for the DeLorean, but also gives you a lot of the production how-to, like, how they made certain parts of it and the reasoning why they went with this. Like, yeah. Like, why is there a Mr. Coffee? You know, like, those types of stories. Right, right. But it's a, it's a hardcover book, and... Uh, I pre-ordered it for 29 bucks. If the price drops, I'll pay that lower price whenever it, it does drop. But it's basically discover the secrets of Doc Brown's time-traveling DeLorean with the first ever under-the-hood user's manual featuring never-before-seen schematics and cutaways of oh, cinema's most iconic car. I know. I get it. It's the anniversary. That's why. Yes. Okay. That makes more sense. Yeah. That's kind of why I tied into it. Yeah. They had the that uh, Transformer you could pre-order, too. Yes. But I did not. Yeah, so this this was kind of tied into that. But I think it'll be kind of a fun thing. Because, I mean, I, I like or love, I guess, the, the Back to the Future movies. Yeah. But I think it'll be kind of, of a fun book with some behind-the-scenes stories about how the cars came to be and, okay. and how they were built and all that stuff. So. so which is the best Back to the Future movie? It's one or two. One is one is solid. One is solid. I mean, they, they all have their moments, but I think one is probably the best. I like two. I think two is the best. Two is too similar to our actual reality currently. Okay. Three is terrible. <laughs> Three I like for the the for the ZZ Top cameo. And I don't even remember that. And the the steam train yeah. and stuff like that. But one was definitely the strongest. But I think the way they were filmed is like one came out first, and then obviously due to the popularity, they had the sequels, and then two and three were filmed back to back. If I remember correctly. Oh, I don't remember. But I just I like two because the the future part. And, uh, yeah, but the dystopian future with Biff Tannen running. Oh, no, no, I'm talking about like the, the rest of it. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah. No, yeah, that was yeah. cool. I liked it. That was a good one. And the cool cars and the weird flying police car. <laughs> yes. I actually have a, I think I have a micro machine to that somewhere. Oh, the, of the police car? Yeah. Because I, I have the uh, the Lego, what is it? The Lego Ideas DeLorean. Yeah, that was a cool set. I never got that one. Yeah, I got yeah. that one. And it came with a little minifig Doc Brown yep. and... Uh, I have a mini DeLorean back there somewhere, but it's not the, that same one. It's just a little small. Yeah, yeah. From what are there, you know those the whatever that thing is where you plug the 
the thing into your PlayStation or whatever and the little oh, bases. Oh, yeah, yeah. The, those I don't little... Mindstorm or not Mindstorm. I don't no, know what it was called. Some like, video game tie-in thing. Yeah. I can't Anyways, it was, it was one of those things. And I, I, I never had the game thing, but they, I saw the Back to the Future deal. Right. Like yeah, because it was like an RFID tag in the bottom of the toy. You put it on yeah. some sort of code reader and it would unlock the virtual car in the video game. Or you'd get like a special... Yeah. Power or something. I don't forget. Yeah. What was that whole thing called? I don't remember. Yeah. And it, it, it makes me think of the, the Hot Wheels ID because we, we got Gracing at those for Christmas in 2019. And that was kind of the same idea where it was an, the same idea where there was an RFID tag in the bottom of the Hot Wheel. The Lego Dimensions. Dimensions. That's what it was. Yeah. And, you know, so instead of paying 99 cents for a Hot Wheel, you were paying five bucks for a Hot Wheel. But when you scanned it with the accessory reader, it would unlock the car in your iOS app to play to race virtually and do yeah. other things. But like this past holiday season, you didn't see any of them in the stores. Like nobody was carrying them. Like I think it was just an idea that they thought was good and then it totally fizzled out. Because hmm. in 2019 they had track sets, they had the the, the code readers, they had like uh, a huge display of all the cars. This last past Christmas in 2020. There was maybe a box of like six cars, and it was like the same six. Like they never yeah. updated the inventory. So I, th- I think that whole Hot Wheels ID thing, <coughs> that idea is dead. And kind of the same thing with the, the Lego Dimensions. That that was hot for a year or two. Well, they did like a bunch of ones too. It was like, <coughs> excuse me, it wasn't just Lego. They had Disney and yeah, Pokemon. They had yeah, a, a of bunch stuff. of different ones. But yeah. that whole idea of, of putting a toy on top of a, a little code reader to unlock this in-game character that that idea of I think the problem was that. You know, it's too expensive. Well, and I think that's the reason why they did it was because they knew that you couldn't just buy one. You had to right. buy all these characters. And so it was an initial revenue stream. But after a while, I think everybody said, fuck this. Why am I spending all this money on these useless toys otherwise? But you pick them up on clearance. You have a cool little minifig or a cool little toy. But I guess I'm, I feel very. I feel lately. So here's my thing. I've been doing a lot of thinking, which is frightening <laughs> uh, but i'm i'm at this point where you know you kind of look around and i don't need half this stuff so i do i do this every once in a while oh, i yeah. purge a bunch of stuff and so i'm at that point right now where it's almost time to purge and yeah. then just dude i half contemplate selling everything i own and wandering the earth like kane from kung fu huh i don't know if i ever get to that point I, I do, I am pretty good about, if I haven't used it in the past year, yeah. realistically, I don't need it, and then I, I'm comfortable getting rid of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, there are a couple things where it's like, okay, I'll hang on to that, because even though I haven't used it, it will get used. Well, I mean, I but, sold, like, I sold the husk farm, so I got rid of everything, every spare piece that I could shove in that guy's truck. Right, everything, everything that was related to right. that bike, you got rid of. So that's all gone, like, and then there's just stuff, like, when I moved into here, I got rid of like dude i had college textbooks and all kinds <laughs> of stuff so i finally got rid of a bunch yeah. of that i got rid of dvds and, and i didn't even try to sell them i just gave them right right so it was get rid of a bunch of stuff and now it's like you know i'm kind of thinking okay what else can i get rid of what can i just put in storage do i get yeah. rid of my place and just live in the forerunner like what? Yeah. which sounds ridiculous but maybe not right. i don't know you know there's a there's a like a trailer or park? like a rv park down in old tustin huh I don't know how I mean, it's got to be cheaper than an apartment. Probably. Get a teardrop? Yeah. How much I is mean, a teardrop? A couple thousand dollars? Well, pre-COVID pricing or <laughs> well, current yeah, that's pricing? Fair. But I mean, that's that's kind of, I just really keep coming back to that. And, it's, and part of it is because I've got to move 
eventually anyways. Right, because you're now month to month in this place. Yeah, and I'm technically <clears throat> supposed to reload. Right. At some point, once yeah. once stuff goes back to normal. And that's fine, and I, I'm okay with that. It's just, what do I do in the interim? And there's a lot of, you know, kind of unknown. And yeah. there's, I don't know, dude. It's, it's it is an overly complicated conversation uh, and not one that I, you know, obviously I don't want to share all of this with the world but there's there's a lot of factors going into it right most of it being like how do i kind of reset a little bit and yeah you know not have to deal like i don't know it sounds weird but mo money mo problems i think that was the uh the wise notorious big uh, it was <laughs> i don't know that that's applicable here no it's not it's not a financial thing but it, yeah. it but it is one of those things where it's just it's it's more things more more worries i mean it's, yeah. it's a little bit of everything it's just you know when it, there's more, there's more. So, well, it's, you know, it's just, it's just stuff. Right. And then because of the way that the way things are these days, because of the fact that a lot of people are working remotely, it's like, is your location absolutely critical when you have coworkers that have temporarily or, or permanently relocated right. out of town, out of state yeah. and are still doing the job. So if it's when everybody's back in the office, does everybody need to be back in the office or if the job can still be performed remotely, like there's all these unknowns. Yeah. Right. And we have, you know, with, with my company, it's just, we don't know when we're exactly going back. We, we've tried it twice now and obviously yeah. it hasn't worked. Um, so, you know, like, yeah. it's all good. I'm going to rent a storage unit and just put everything in it. How much are those things? I've never, you, know, you can get like that, a 10 by 15 for 300 bucks. That's what blows my mind. Cheap. Though. It, but for some people, I mean, they have a huge house and they still have a, you know, a, a 10 by 15. They're paying 300 bucks a month just to store. Well, I've got to get a shit 10 by 15 because of motorcycles. So right. I would need ground access yeah. unless, unless I find a place to put the bikes. That's the, that's the challenge for me. The bikes. And I'm only down to two. Yeah. But that's still a challenge. Oh, where for sure, where for do sure. they go? So I don't know. I got to figure that part out. And then, you know, access becomes a problem and yeah. My my uncle is this just a, got way complicated. My uncle's a car collector, but he doesn't have his collection in a single spot. He likes to rent garages from old retired people that don't drive. Yeah, and so they might have one car, and so the other half of the garage is empty. So he just parks. How the many car. cars does he have? Somewhere around ten, I want to say. Oh, okay. Anything interesting? Um, he's got like in my mom's garage. He's got a, a twenty-seven Chevy. He's got That's um. Cool. He's got a, a 57 uh, Corvette. He's got a, um, or maybe it's 59 vet. Um, he's got the, what's the crazy um, Mercedes, the one with the, the, the hydraulic systems. Like it's a, it's a, it's a, I want to say it's a 600, but it's, it's an old 60s Mercedes that has the big engine, but in the standard sedan body. I have no it's, idea. It was popular with like dictators and, and oh, nice. you know, those yeah. types of people back in the day. He's got that. He's got an El Camino. He's got a 71 Pantera. He's got a Camaro. Pantera's cool. Yeah. Way cool. Black? No, it's like a copper metallic. Oh, nice. That's yeah. awesome. Um, it's never been washed. It's huh. only been sponged. The Pantera's, I guess the earlier years had some sort of frame rail defect, I guess you would say, where if you wash the car, water would sit on top of the frame rails and it wouldn't go away. And so the water would eventually lead to rust and then the frame would break down. Okay. So the car has always been sponge bathed, sponge I guess. I um, mean, let's, yeah. let's be honest here. That's a little weird. That's a little weird. Yeah. And, and I'm sure maybe at the time that's what the thought was and maybe 
with modern detailing products and modern car washes. Has he owned it since new? No, he's the second owner, but he's had it for a long time. Well, how can he prove it's never been washed though? Probably the prior owner had told him that. I don't know. That's crazy. Um, but yeah, so he's got some cool cars, but they're just sitting in other people's garages and he, he's not paying them that much a month. Like maybe like 50 bucks a month, a hundred bucks a month, you know, yeah. for, for these cars. But, but, I, but think about it though. That adds up, right? If you have 10 of these. Yes. Yeah. I mean, if you're spending a hundred bucks a, a garage and you have 10 cars, it's a thousand bucks a month. Yeah. But I mean, could you rent a, a, sh- a shop or a garage to put all of them in one spot for a thousand bucks a month? Well, that was the other thought. Like I know it's not totally legal, but you, I probably rent a shop for half of what this place is. Right. And then put a bed in there and not live in it, but wink, it. wink, yeah, yeah, wink. Right. Yeah. I know. I, I've seen that done. I mean, that's kind of what they do like in New York and stuff in a lot of like urban centers. They'll right. take industrial property that's commercial and throw a bed in there and, and do it that way. But yeah, it, it is kind of interesting how simply because it's industrial, the rents can be dramatically cheaper than it would be if it was a residential property. Yeah, so I don't know, man. But I just you know you and your attempt to get rid of things. I'm going the other way, where I, I, I you know I picked up that new Seiko for my birthday. Yeah, my wife got me, and then I picked up a bunch of parts for it, and so I dropped the watch off um, with a guy actually on Friday. I drove over to his house, dropped off the watch, and uh, he'll have it back to me probably by next weekend. And so I'm getting all the parts replaced on it, and I'm actually looking forward to it. But the the crazy thing in, in talking to the guy is. He had a, a full-time job, and this was kind of his... Did he his, tell you what he was doing before, like what his job was? No, no. I don't know what his old job was. Oh, okay. All I know is he no longer has that. So this this watch modifying thing that he did that he does was his side gig. Yeah. Now it's his full-time gig. And I asked him, like, so how many watches are you doing on a week? And he's like, oh, on the low end, like 10 to 12 a week. And so I think to get the modifications done that I'm doing on my watches, it'll be about 120 bucks. Yeah. So you figure a hundred bucks on the low end, and if he's doing twelve watches a week, twelve hundred bucks on the low end. I mean, he's not getting rich, but he's not right suffering exactly. And that's if that's just on the conservative side of things. I mean, if he has good weeks, maybe it's two grand a week. Yeah, you know, and Weird. then eight grand a month. That's pretty damn respectable. Yeah, hey, I mean, that's crazy that you can do. I mean, good for him. Yeah, right? I think to it's go awesome. and do the thing that he wants to do is super cool. Yeah, and so it, I just found it kind of fascinating the fact that that's that's a thing and it obviously mean i found the guy yeah yeah so and it's it's not necessarily word of mouth but it's it's weird networking kind of stuff so you know there's a couple of of watch um parts sites for seiko watches and so some of them will have like a, a list of recommended i guess or authorized modifiers i wonder, I wonder if they have to pay to be on the list. I wonder how that works. I don't know. Yeah. Or maybe just you have to be a, a dealer. Like you buy the parts direct from them or like right. wholesale or whatever. Right. But anyway, so he was listed on one of the sites. And so you you scroll through the list and it's it's international and, and domestic. So in, in the US, it's listed by state. And so I'm scrolling through California and I, I see he's in orange. I'm like, okay, that's not too far from where I live. Awesome. So he, they, they show, I guess, his Instagram handle. So then I, I follow him on Instagram. Yeah. And then I realized that we have friends in common. Oh, I'm like, really? okay, even better. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know somebody that knows him. Okay, cool. So I just was following him on Instagram and then, you know, looking at his builds. And then I finally reached out to him and said, hey, I got this watch. I, I, I think I want to do this. What would you recommend? Here, and I told him, these are the parts I'm looking at. And he's uh-huh. like, 
do that, don't do this, keep this, change this. Like he kind of gave me like best Some practices. advice sort of. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So I bought the the parts that he, that he recommended and they, they came in. And uh, so he's now got the watch. And so it's been, I got the watch for my birthday. So December 11th. Yeah. We're now past the halfway point in January. So I've had the watch for a little over a month. And by the time it's two months old, it'll how, have it done. How did this month go so fast? I don't know. Because... It didn't seem like time has been going fast. It seems like it's been going crawling by, but at the same time. But every day, I mean, it relentless. It just keeps going. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, Seven, I, mean, I, I was, I, yeah, I was convinced it was like the eleventh. Yeah, Cobra Kai season one or season three kicked off January first, and yeah. I've already blitzed through. I watched it in like two days. We tried spacing it out, and we just finished the last two episodes last night. So that. It took us, I guess, in theory, 15 days to get through it. Yeah, I watched that, and then I didn't know there was a second season of uh, His Dark Materials, I think it's called, on um, HBO. It's oh. that, uh, do you remember the Golden Compass? Okay. Or whatever, that movie. It's uh-huh. a book series, whatever. They made a, an actual series show oh. on HBO, and it's really, really good. There is a lot of good TV I don't really care about. Watch The Flight Attendant. That was good. Yes. With Kaylee Cuoco. That was yeah, really yeah. good. Jeanette's been watching that. She, we she watched, restarted it because yeah. somebody else wanted to watch it. Yeah. We uh, we were watching Bridgerton, which is basically Sex in the City set in Victorian England. So bizarre. It's interesting. There's yeah. a lot of uh, a lot of male ass. Um, <laughs> you know, because it's like, you know, simulated sex, yeah, like yeah, Cinemax yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but I'm not into that type of thing, but it's it's been an entertaining watch. Yeah. Yeah. So... Watched an episode of another show. I think it's a French show, uh, dubbed into into the English, and uh, it's called Lupin. I think it is. I don't think it's French. It, it's Dutch. I think because Jeanette was watching that one too. Oh, really? Because it takes it, place in France, France. in Paris. Yeah. So anyway, anyways, uh, we watched the first episode. Really enjoyed it. Uh, didn't find it distracting with the dubbing. So I do you think look it, forward to watching more of that? Do you think it's? Do you find yourself thinking it's more sophisticated watching something that's not in English? No. What I do <laughs> like though is I don't have to read. Oh, because it's actually dubbed over. Yeah, it's so dubbed and not, not subtitled. Not subtitled. I'm re- I'm watching the Taco Chronicles on Netflix, and that is subtitled. And so, I think we were in. I don't know why we started it. It was food related. And we're like, oh, that looks good. And literally, it's a serial documentary on different tacos. Right. Like different styles, different meats, different methods, and they're 30 minute episodes, and they're all mostly in Spanish uh, with subtitles. But the third episode was about the American taco. Yeah. And that episode was all in English, except when they had a couple of people that were speaking Spanish and that was subtitled. But I didn't really realize that the American taco is kind of distinct compared to the the traditional Mexican taco. Yeah, it's way bigger. Exactly. Yeah. And that's kind of the thing. I guess a, a street taco, you're supposed to be able to eat in about two or three bites. Right. And so a taco that's bigger than that is commonly referred to as the American taco. Nice. And um, that's where the, the crunchy shell comes into play. But the thing that fascinated me was they were listing restaurants that were in Southern California. So I'm like, sweet. I'm going to go there. Yeah. I'm going to go here. <laughs> I started looking on Yelp because they, they would list like, um, I can't remember what it is in Spanish, but basically goat tacos. Yeah, birria. Yeah, there yeah. we go. So I was looking it up. I'm like, okay, we can go there. We can go here. Yeah. And so, yeah, I've now expanded my list of Mexican restaurants to visit in Southern California because they have tacos Either specifically that were like the restaurant itself was on the show, yeah, yeah. or that type of meat was oh, featured. Cool. 
on that show. So speaking of cooking shows, I started watching another cooking show. I'm actually almost done with it on Amazon Prime. Okay. It is James May and it's called Oh, yeah. oh Cook. Oh Cook, and it's, yeah. It's actually really good. It's super entertaining. Uh, he It's dry though cuz James is kind of dry. Well, but yeah. it's 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 a very British English sense of humor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's a, it's a pretty well done. I really yeah. I've enjoyed it. And basically the idea is he's a guy that can't cook showing other people how to cook. Yeah. And he admits it. He doesn't know what he's doing. And, he, right. and the best part is he, he has a, what do you call her? Like a he, cooking assistant? A domestic, no, uh, oh man, what do they call her? Anyways, keep so, going. So the way the kitchen's set up, there's like this side pantry office or whatever behind a door. So basically he, he cooks and he's doing his thing, combining the ingredients. But whenever he gets to a part where he doesn't know what to do next, or he's not sure if it looks right, he goes over, knocks on the door, opens it up, and there's a lady in there, and she comes out and, and helps him fine-tune the uh, the recipe or, or whatever he's done. But the the recipes, I think, are intentionally not overly complicated. It is food that, I guess, looks nice. So it looks yeah. fancy, but they're pretty straightforward meals. And he's done like a like a like a faux type type dish. He's done like some pasta. He's done. Yeah, every episode has a different theme. There was a um, yeah. Uh, we call that a uh, breakfast episode. There's been a pudding episode. Yeah, pudding, and, pudding being dessert, and um, they even like will pair like uh, a beverage with it. So it's like you know wine pairing kind of thing. And a home economist. That's what they refer to as a home economist. Yes. Well, back remember when you did they have home home ec when you were in junior high or high school? Yeah, but I always thought that was weird because I was like, what does that have to do with economics? Yeah. Why is it? I don't know. I still don't know. I mean, I guess you you run the home economy, but you're. Yeah, it is kind of an odd phrase. Yeah, it's a, just a weird... Yeah, yeah, anyways, that was really good. Uh, the new... I don't know if you watched the newer uh, Grand Tour that came out. Yes. Uh, uh, there's another one apparently coming out at the end of the month. That one is not a Grand Tour. That one is um, Richard Hammond pairs up with um, Tori Belecci from uh, Mythbusters. So basically, what? it's it's kind of like the... Let's drop them off in a deserted island to see if they survive. Kind of Bear grills kind of challenge thing. The Great Escapists? Yes. Oh, I thought there was... Oh, okay. Yeah, well, because you're seeing it on the Grand Tour social media. And so that's yeah. what I thought, too. Is like, oh, they have a guest, you know, joining them. But this is a offshoot with one of the... With uh, Richard Hammond. Oh, the it's Tori Bellici and Adam Hammond. Yeah. Uh, Richard... Adam Hammond. Richard Hammond. That's interesting. I guess I just saw the trailer or something yeah. or whatever i saw yeah. something and just didn't bother reading it huh when does this come out the 29th the 29th I think? yeah yeah so there, there is a crap ton of tv like right now i have hulu amazon prime netflix and hbo go yeah i have too many but the hbo is free because of the whole updated my iphone got the free once you upgrade to get, anyways, all the strings they attach to get like a, a free upgrade. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You have to upgrade your data plan, and it was an extra ten bucks for unlimited da data. Right. Where previously I had like a twelve gig plan. Right. But for that extra ten bucks, I now have HBO Go, so that's fine. Yeah. Amazon, we order a shit ton of crap off Amazon anyway, so the convenience factor is mainly for the shipping. But yeah. Amazon it's, Prime comes with it, so that's you know, cool. I've, I've been really surprised recently with how much stuff has been delayed. Oh yeah, uh, with still? shipments. Yeah, yeah, still. It's been pretty bad, but mostly stuff sent through USPS. Yeah, I think that's USPS is still, I think, catching up from the holiday season. Dude. Still. Yeah, I mean, and it's it's fine. It's not a, like I need this stuff right away, but you know, when you're sort of hoping for something before you leave. Yeah, that's always that's always kind of tricky. Yeah, and I've got a 
I finally got a bunch of the hardware to, so I had to use some hardware from some other stuff. Anyway, long story short, I got some replacement hardware to put the, uh, I got to put the awning up on the truck. Oh, speaking of hardware, Grayson built a, uh, the Lego grave digger. Yeah. It's a little technic. It's a Which pull- I didn't even know that they made one. Yeah. It's a new, you me. Yeah, it's yeah. a new, new toy. It's a pullback toy and it was missing a part. And I don't and know if you super easy to get new parts. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. I don't know if you've ever had a problem. You oh yeah. Basically go to the Lego website you type in the the item like the the set number. Yep. And then in the back of the assembly or the assembly instructions, there's a diagram of all the parts that are included in the kit, and it gives you like a six digit number for every part. So I just typed in the part number, and then they're sending me a, a free new part. Yeah, this actually comes pretty quick. Yeah, and luckily Grayson had that part; he had to just steal it off another car. So I, it wasn't the end of the world; like he yeah. couldn't finish the build, but. The convenience factor of, hey, I don't have this piece in the set, going online and ordering it, I mean, it was just It's super cool. I did it one time, um, and I I feel kind of bad, but I thought that I was missing a piece, and so I was super bummed because I didn't want to, I just wanted to finish my build, and ended up ordering the replacement, and then, of course, I was like, you know what, I'll look in the bags one last time, and I found it. Oh. So I have an extra plaque. Yeah, in this one, they it was a Technic, I I don't know how to describe it, It's, it's... the the block it's 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 got three studs in it you know th- it's a a rod i guess with sure. the three holes in it sure so that was a piece he needed what we had was a three stud with the t mm. and so i think the way the lego sets are done they're just by weight like i, I mean because no I, I have no idea how yeah. they pack and assemble no these bags but the part was identical except it was just the wrong shape. Yeah, yeah. But it was the same dimension. It was the, the three hole. I don't know what the hell they call those. So you made it work. Well, we found another part that worked. It was just the wrong color, but he was able to finish the build. Yeah. So once we get that part in the mail, it'll be 100. percent Yeah, yeah. But the convenience was nice. I've not built a Lego set in a while. You've got a couple sitting behind you. We were. Yeah, I was. I was looking at the uh, the travel trailer. Yeah, that one's pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, I have. I got a uh, the Tokyo Skyline. I think we're going to do that one. Oh, nice. This week, maybe? Yeah, Grayson had a bunch of gift cards from the holiday. So he picked up the Gravedigger truck, which was like 20 bucks. Yeah. And then he picked up the McLaren Senna, I believe it is. The little one? No, it's a it's a Technic build. So it's oh, like okay. 500 pieces or something oh, yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, so he spent like roughly like 70 bucks on the two sets. But he had, you know, gift cards. So yeah. it didn't cost him anything. No, it's awesome. So he built the Gravedigger this weekend. And then he's he says he's going to wait till next weekend to, to assemble the McLaren. Yeah, the rumor is the Star Wars UCS set this year is going to be an AT-AT for $800. I will not be buying that. What makes it part of the Ultimate Collector Series? Is it just Super a fancier the box? In the, no, the, in the size and detail. Oh. Yeah. But I'm not going to... Um, I don't know. I I don't see myself buying a bunch of stuff anytime soon. I've been trying to get in experiences. And Grayson just came in to, to correct me that the Senna is 800 pieces. Oh, well, excuse us. Yeah. Yeah, he's wandering around here, by the way. Just, yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know what he's doing. He's anyway. playing Forza and he's earning you free cars, I guess. I haven't played Forza and oh, he, wow. might, he might actually be the last person to have played it. He might have been, yeah. yeah. He turns it on and he had to wait for 30 minutes for updates to load. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So and I, I couldn't tell you last time I used the Xbox. Yeah. Which is, I don't know, dude. <laughs> it's fine. Well, A bunch you of said people you had... bought the new ones and I just don't care. Well, I asked him, I'm like, do you want the new Xbox? Yeah, or you know, PlayStation. It, 
And well, he's into Forza, sure, so he's sure. he's in that ecosystem pretty hard. Um, but I think because there isn't a new Forza out oh, yeah, that yeah. is specifically for I'm Series sure there X. There will one coming out. Yeah, will, there will one coming out. Wow, there will be one. You could have pulled like the Yoda. Mm. There will one Oof, be new Forza. You will have. <laughs> yeah. So if there is a new Forza, cars you shall drive, <laughs> and it's only on the newer platform, then. I'm sure he's going to want it, but for right now, he's fine. Dude, you know how many nerds right now are like, how dare you do that terrible Yoda impression? One, by the way, probably. Yeah. I, I don't think anybody cares. Probably not. Not our listeners. No. Well, will they even understand in Denmark? <laughs> probably. <laughs> oh. that. Do you think Yoda in... in yeah, when they dub it over, do you think they still keep that same accent? Like, is Yoda in Japanese still have it? Maybe. Because that blew my mind when I went to uh, Tokyo Disney Sea. Yeah. And they had Mickey and Minnie. There was some sort of parade. And Mickey and Minnie are, are talking and singing and interacting with the audience. Hearing Goofy in Japanese talking with sort of a Goofy voice, but not Goofy. Yeah was just weird. Well, I'm sure they've got to have their own character voices because of the language, right? Yeah, yeah, but it's... Like, it's Mickey can't talk like Mickey, can he? That's what I don't know. But, you no, know, you said you've been there. Yeah, I went in Japan. So, it, you did, what did Mickey sound like? Like Mickey, but not Mickey. But I don't know if it's because of the language difference or literally just... it. it the way they've chosen to portray the character? Yes. I don't know. I totally did not expect it until I got there, and it just was the oddest thing. So, now... Star Wars, like C-3PO, well, R2-D2, they don't have to dub. You think Jar Jar Binks sounds just as fucking stupid in any other language? <laughs> what if he just has like a totally Barry White voice or something, and he's yeah. like, whoa. Oh, Misa, Misa, love you. <laughs> Dude, that's the, the stupidest character. But, Anyways. But that's, it's one of those things that you, you never think about. And then all of a sudden you're in a different country, and you're looking at a familiar property, but all of a right. sudden you're just like, what the hell? It was just weird. Well, imagine like, so imagine yes. somebody from Japan coming here and watching a Studio Ghibli film that's been dubbed. Right. It's got to be the same idea. It's got to be weird. Because even, even like I, like when talking conversation, like here, it's like, okay, what sound does a dog make? You know, it's like bow wow or bark bark. Yeah. Right. Oof. But then when you Oof. ask somebody from another country yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're like, oh no it's it's ow ow or cha cha or yeah. something you know and it's just like what well it's like uh in germany okay you know the things that fly around and we don't know what they are okay. what are those called i don't know the things that fly around that we don't yeah, like they're flying around people say they've seen them a lot of people oh, don't the ufos think, yeah okay ufos in germany they call them ufos <laughs> and i remember my, my german friend saying that saying something about an ufo and i was like what That's on a- earth are you talking about and they're like you know the aliens. I go, oh, you mean UFO? Like, yeah, we say UFO. Oh. Like, no. Which is strange because Germans have, the German language is awesome because there's a word for everything. Or you just put a bunch of stuff together and yes. make new words. Yeah, it, it's yeah. just combinations, you right. know, but everything has a word. So it's, yeah, language is interesting. It's super weird. There's a lot of, oh, uh, I haven't started it, but I've heard decent stuff. There's a show on Netflix about swear words by uh, Nicholas Cage host. Oh yeah, yeah. I've seen I've heard actually it's pretty interesting. So maybe I'll try and watch one of those episodes. Huh. Maybe. The history of shit. There's a really good YouTube video. Uh it's the history of the F word and I believe it may have been based on a George Carlin skit or something like that. But it's actually Do you super think that's what kind of created the idea for this Nick oh, Cage this is super series? Old. Maybe. 
I mean, it's old though. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Nick Cage is a strange cat. He is. Like, there's pictures that you've like, and some of these pictures are old, but it's pictures of him like walking down the street with his son. Yeah. And the outfits they're wearing. I mean, he's like wearing like a a pink pastel cowboy outfit, hmm. you know, but just totally loud and garish. But he's got the interesting lifestyle. He just does what he wants and plays the characters, I guess, he wants. But yeah, he's not a great actor. No, but in some of the movies, I mean, like Raising Arizona was awesome. Yeah, it was really good. But yeah. I don't. Broken Arrow, was he in that one? No, yeah, that was Christian Con, Slater. No, Con Air, he was in. Yeah, Con Air was good. Gone in 60 Seconds, was, uh, he was fine. Gone in 60 Seconds was terrible. Yeah. I mean, it was okay. I'd it rather was watch fine the for original. what it was. I'd rather watch the original. I have never seen the original. I might have it on DVD. On I, the DVD. Do you I, have a DVD player? In the Xbox, I guess. Yeah, yeah. I can throw it in. Yeah, yeah, we don't have an Xbox. We don't have an Xbox. We don't we have, have, have like a standalone one. We don't have a no, standalone that would DVD be player. Weird. Yeah. Well, you have a Blu ray player then. No. No, you do. Well, the Xbox, Xbox. yes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but I mean, I I don't have, like, downstairs or any of the rooms, other than the the orange room, as we call it, um, nothing else has, everything has Apple TV or a cable box. I really hope the orange room has nothing orange in it. It's got uh, two walls that are orange that are a matte and gloss stripe, and the stripe is maybe 18 inches tall. It actually would have been way better if there was nothing orange about the room. Yeah, we also call it the mustache room. It's just where you eat oranges. Yes, and, the, and mustaches. You eat mustaches. No, but oh, I mean, there's okay. mustaches in the room, like photos, artwork. Oh, I see. Yeah, stylistic stuff. Yes. Disarticulated but, mustaches. Yeah, just mustaches. Yeah, just not on people. Just mustaches. I trimmed my beard, and I hate it. I trimmed the bottom half of my beard off. Yeah. So if I was to get in a swimming pool and submerge my face up into about my lips. It would look like I had a full beard. If you were on <laughs> South Park playing a Canadian, only the top of your flappy head would have facial hair. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Basically, my sideburns connect to my mustache. Yeah. It's pretty awesome. Is it? <laughs> Better than it. that monkey tail BS going around. What's the monkey tail? Oh, BS? dude, you look it up. I'm not even going to get it. Is into that where it. they shave like a weird yeah, shape? I, don't, and I hate it. I hate it. Oh, it's so awkward and uncomfortable. I don't have, I don't think I have the the follicle density required to do some of that like ornate like where they make their face like the i've seen some guys goatee look like the the batman logo but why why what why why, why are they doing this because they can but why look just because you can do something doesn't mean you should do something right but realistically what if they were going to go clean shave and they decided to just have fun with it snap a single picture yeah and guess, go clean shave and that picture lives on in infamy forever yeah, i think it's the folks that that's their their thing because that would be hilarious if that the guy with the batman goatee walks around every day with the freaking bat insignia across his face that's what i'm saying there's i guarantee you there's somebody yeah i enjoy stupid facial hair though because yeah. it grows whether I want it to or not, so I might as well have fun with it. Yeah. But like in years past, like I, I went to, uh, in, in one of my previous careers, I would have to wear a suit to the Consumer Electronics Show. So working for the for the uh, the company I worked for, I wore a suit walking around, but I had what they call friendly mutton chops. So imagine a full beard, but the chin is bald. Yeah, I call that the old-timey railroad baron. Yeah. And I used to do that. Yeah, too. yeah. I've done that So before. the friendly mutton chops... So I was talking to a, a, a co-worker and she's like, yeah, I just thought it'd be kind of funny to shave it off you know, before CES and see 
if people took me seriously or not. And some people overheard me. Like, oh, we were talking about your facial. We thought you were some sort of Civil War reenaction. Oh, there you go. That'd be awesome. <laughs> and I'm like, no, I'm just an asshole. Oh, that's pretty funny. But yeah, I enjoy the the, uh, the stupid facial I mean, hair. I've had a lot of really dumb facial hair, but now it's just like, I just like just my beard. And it's, yeah. you know, more, yeah. more bigger than it is now. Yeah. But speaking of CES, this past week, the week that just Should passed, have been like, CES. It technically was. was. It was a virtual consumer electronic show. And this was no. the first virtual trade show I have attended. And I have no idea why it even bothered. So I don't, I still you don't had get to, it. You had to register. And if you registered before some date in mid-December, it was free. Okay. If you missed the free registration cutoff, it was 500 bucks to attend an online event. But and how do you even... No, you went to the, like the CES main site, yeah, and then you had it had a list of all the exhibitors. Yeah. You clicked on that, and then there'd be like a little landing page on the CES site, and then you'd click on a link, and it would go to a microsite that the re- that the exhibitor had put together. So, G- General Motors, for example, you click on them, it went to a GM microsite, and it had some embedded YouTube videos about their press conference and their vehicles and their and their concepts or whatever they were showing. But it sucked. But a big part of CES is just walking around. Yes. Or any trade show, just discovering stuff. Exactly. And you couldn't discover a damn thing. You had to think of a specific company you wanted to go to and go to their site. And then you had to kind of like browse everything on their site to see if there was anything interesting. Like um, there was uh, one company, Panasonic. They were showing off because they do a bunch of like consumer stuff, automotive stuff. Yeah. They had shown off some automotive technology. And so I was, I was clicking through it, looking through what what's new and didn't see anything that jumped out at me. So then I'm browsing the internet and I'm starting to see all these articles talking about uh, Panasonic showing off this new augmented reality heads up display concept. Okay. What? I didn't Where see that, that on the site. Exactly. Well, it was buried on the Panasonic microsite. You had to click through like four different links to get to it. And I just simply didn't see it because it just wasn't in an obvious spot. Whereas if I was at the trade show walking around, they would have had a full-on simulator display video graphic wall, you know, explaining it. So the whole idea of discovery for a virtual show was just horrendous. And I I mean, I'm glad I didn't pay to attend. Yeah. Because if I had, I would have been so disappointed. Well, and it's weird, too, because, like, if okay, so if you're looking at the microsite, I guess. And the microsite is on the Panasonic website. But if I've never heard of, like, the CES, like, if if I've never heard of certain companies, I'm probably not going to click through just to see what they are. Right. Exactly. You'll you'll never discover I guess there's a hundred of them. Oh, there's thousands of of companies exhibiting at CES. I mean... No, but I mean, for this virtual thing. Same thing. Really? Basically, everybody that would have attended in person had a site. So, yeah, you have these... These Asian companies that are suppliers to other things, they make little widgets or something like that. They all had a landing page and things that you could check out. And the yeah, the whole idea of discovery. Like my favorite part about CES was wandering up and down the aisles and seeing a company that I've never heard of before, but there's some sort of gadget gizmo technology right. that catches your eye. You walk over, you learn about it or whatever. You can talk to somebody in person and find pictures, and it's just way more informative in person than it is online and online they had virtual chats. So like some of the companies um, had their PR people like online. So you could type them like an instant message. And I would be more, I would be interested in finding out how much these folks paid to be a part of this. 
yeah, I can't imagine they would have to pay much. Because, I mean, that's one of the things. Like, if you were ever to exhibit, like, at the Consumer Electronics it's Show. It's super or expensive. The, or the SEMA show. The, yeah, the, yeah, yeah. the specialty I've equipment. done SEMA before. It's crazy expensive. Crazy expensive. Like a, yeah. uh, like a, like a, what is it? Like a, a 20 by 20 foot booth is, like, six figures. Yeah, we had a 10 you know, by 20. It was not cheap. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you, you first, you pay and all you get is a blank piece of concrete. Right. Then you have to get carpet. Yep. Then you have your booth structure, which you have to any of the electrical purchase, any of rent, the, all yeah. the labor, yep. yeah, yep. the freight to move it in, move it out. I mean, it's yeah. it's a huge undertaking, but you get this completely immersive experience when you're walking through and seeing stuff, and you're able to interact with it directly instead of just watching a YouTube video that doesn't maybe doesn't answer the questions you may have or whatever. And it's, it was just a that's weird. It, it it's also weird it's thing. interesting too to me how many I don't know if you've been following with all the the a lot of the auto shows now are just flat out postponed. Yeah. Or they're moving from let's say it would traditionally be So the Detroit show, the February. The, yeah, the North American International Auto Show in, in, in Detroit. Yeah. That's always been in January for yep. years. And it's moved to what? They decided March? to move it to June. Or June, yeah, that's what it is. Um because of the competition with CES, because a lot of automakers are exhibiting at the Consumer Electronics Show in Vegas. They're debuting new vehicles, new technologies, and then the following week was the North American International Auto Show. So to kind of give it more of an ability to stand out on its own and not compete with CES for automotive attendance, they moved it to January or to June. But of course, COVID happened. So last June was supposed to be the first uh Detroit Auto Show in June. I don't quite understand the strategy. Then um, it was supposed to be this year in June, but because of the current pandemic situation and the unknowns, like, okay, we're not going to do it indoors at Cobo Hall in downtown Detroit. Yeah. We're now going to move it to Pontiac, Michigan at the M1 Concourse, and it's going to be an outdoor show slash experience tied in with a car show that they were calling Moto Bella or Motor Bella. I don't understand the strategy of dropping a new vehicle at CES. It's because of the technology. Sure, coverage. but you could you could do the tech. I don't know. I, yeah, I'm it, not it, a. It's it's weird because a lot of these trade shows used to be shows where buyers would show up and find out about new product lines and place orders and say, you know, I want to buy yeah. five thousand of these widgets or whatever it may be. And so it was an order writing show. Then it became more about the press and publicity. And so then you started seeing companies come out with these outlandish concepts that would get tons of coverage, but would never result in an actual product. Right. But it would help the stock price or it would help, you know, create awareness about this brand or whatever. Well, all the like, yeah, I mean, I, I, I guess I understand. But, but the hard thing is that you... To your point, there's no nobody's ordering anything from these shows anymore. No. Nobody's so it's a, a big investment just to get people to be aware of stuff. Uh huh. And it's just it's now it's just for attention. It's it's for clicks basically. Well, do you remember? And I CES hasn't done this yet. I don't think. But you remember when SEMA was industry only, and now it's there's public days. Like what's no, the it's point? it's still industry only. No, it's not. Yes, it is. Don't they have public days now? No, but what they Did do they get is get rid of it. Because it used to be able to, it was a hundred percent. You had to prove you worked in the industry, and then for still, a really long time you didn't. It's still. It still requires proof, but what they've done is after the show ends, they've turned the cars exiting into a parade that's open to the public. Well, they've also had, and at so, one point, they, had, they allowed car club members and all kinds of random people to show up. The gold lot out front is 
technically open to the public because you don't have to have a badge to get into the parking lot out front. Right. And so that part was kind of open to the public, but they would turn it into the, you know this car show after the fact. So as on the last day of the show at five o'clock or whenever the, the show closes, they would roll open the, the bay doors to these halls and all the cars, all these custom built show cars would come out, drive down the strip, drive down to another parking lot and turn into like a parking lot car yeah. show that was completely open to the public. And that was a chance for the public to see these cars. Well, they did have, there were a couple of years where they were letting in way more than industry because I know for a fact, like a couple friends that were car club and I'm air quoting car club members went. Yeah. They're, they're, so it wasn't technically industry. You had to have some sort of affiliation, and so when yeah, I was like, I'm I think, a moderator on a on a website. blog. Yeah. yeah, there there are some tenuous associations, but technically that could have been considered media. Nah, I don't who like knows? That. But technically, yes, you do have to register. You have to have some. You have to prove some sort of affiliation. I, mean, I haven't been to SEMA. In, but in the thing is, is there's all these these buddies that you know work on their car out of the garage, yeah. and they create like a fictitious business name. And then they go, and you're like, all right, you know, you're you're buying you you only have a business license, so you can buy parts for yourself at wholesale. The very first year I went to SEMA, I actually used a typewriter on a blank. You know, the, remember when you could order? Well, like some companies would order business cards, yeah, with no name on them, so people could write stuff in, right? right. New workers or whatever. I had one of those, and I used a literal typewriter to put my name in, and that's how we got in. That's how you had an official business card? Yeah. And they were like, yeah, whatever. Like, cool. Good to know that you're super strict about this. Yeah. The best was uh, my buddy would create fake names. Oh. And so when you go to the show, in order to pick up the badge, you have to show your proof of ID right. to get the badge. Right. But they would mail the badge to you, and then you'd have to pick up the badge holder. So he would get his legit name registered. Yeah. He would show up. So Jeff would show up. Get the badge holder. Yeah. But they mailed him all of the fake names that he had. So, you know, Ron Jeremy or oh, whatever. Just switch him out. Dirk Diggler, right. Yeah. So he gets the actual badge holder for his legit badge. Yeah. Once he gets inside, he just pulls his real name out and puts one of the fake ones in. I guess that's kind of funny. It's, it was totally hilarious. Yeah. I mean, maybe it was funnier when you saw it. Yes. Because yeah. people would look at it and go, what the? Because I'm not, I'm not not laughing. Yeah. Is it the same as laughing? No. No. You're laughing on the inside? Uh-huh. Sure. Oh. We'll go with that. You're giggling so much. I am. Oh, right. I'm just, I'm tired today. It's not, I'm not on today. No, it's, it's been a long day. Yeah. I mean, it, regardless, like just going up and, you know, it takes, I think it takes a little bit more mental capacity than people assume just yeah. to not crash a car in the dirt. Yeah. It's, it's a taxing, because especially, you know, when you're, you're encountering traffic on the other right. way, you know, making sure you There's have There's a clearance. lot of stuff to pay attention to. And yes. the, up there, too, the, a lot of the motorcycle riders aren't paint. Dude, they, they fly around corners. Uh, so you just have to be really careful. But it was, it was fun. I had a good time. We'll do it again. Not anytime soon. No, uh, actually, <laughs> I was, was talking to Jeff before he took off, and um, there's there's a couple cool trails and the Borrego area, which would right. be really fun to do. Um, I mean, I'm always into a, an adventure day, so I'll have to do some more of that. And then I'm leaving on Wednesday. I'm going to go on a little week long adventure and just go wander. Are you going to take the north. train? No, God, no. But you could use your Amtrak credit. Actually, you know, funny, we were talking about this this weekend, and I said, hey, what if we just go to San Diego 36 times? Or let's <laughs> yeah. go to Santa Barbara. Like, yeah. I don't want to go any further than that. You wouldn't even go up to back, back up to Portland? I mean, you... No. 
No. That's an overnight, right? Yeah. The Portland was, yeah. No. 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 Never it, again. Because, you know, we were talking about travel earlier and looking at the, making plans. Jeanette's got a, a big milestone birthday coming up in a couple of years. Yeah. So she's like, well, well since we can't plan anything short term, let's plan long term. So we're looking at, all right, let's go a holiday in Spain, yeah. Portugal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so there, there's a, a train from, I think, like Barcelona to... to Barcelona. Yeah. To, to some of the cities in Portugal. So we're trying to yeah. figure that out because we've never done an overnight train. Well, we I'm sure out, okay, it would be cool there. It's yeah. not cool here. I'm just thinking Euro trip. There's going to be yeah, some, yeah, yeah. some skeevy Italian guys saying, scusi. Scusi. Yeah, Fred yeah, I, I don't think I don't think so. Um, I, need to, I need to watch Euro trip again. It, it was, was such a great movie. movie. He's not, I don't particularly find him very funny. That Portlandia show I is thought was unwatchable. Funny. I liked Un- Portlandia. Watchable. Really? Hated it. Don't like him. Don't like the woman that was on the show. Can't stand it. I thought the show was funny. And I, it, and I, hang on. I need to, I think I overused the word hate because I literally don't hate anything. Just it's just an expression. Yeah. And so I got to find another word. What else should I use? I don't highly like. dislike. Yeah. Wasn't crazy about. Wasn't, didn't love. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. There we go. I thought Portlandia was hilarious. Not all the shows were great. Not all the episodes were great, but some of the. The scenarios and the scenes, because I have in-laws and family up in Portland, and you've lived, lived up there. there. I know. Yeah. And I, I didn't get it. But some of the truths are accurate, and it makes you laugh. But like, I guess it, it was a thing where, like, I felt like it was such a parody that there was... You know when it, it just goes to the point where now yeah, it's not yeah, funny? Yeah. I'm just like, oh, okay. And I don't think he's funny. He's a garbage actor. Oh, my. Such harsh language. No, no, no. I don't think so. I just don't <laughs> think he's a funny guy. So, like, I, I used to go up to the Silicon Valley all the time. From yeah. So both of us. I lived up there, too. The TV show, Silicon Valley, I found hilarious. I thought that show was amazing. Because I knew those people in real life. Right. I, I've been in those experiences. I've had those same yeah. experiences. And Portlandia kind of had that same vibe. Yes, mm. they took it to some extremes. Like, when they ask me, tell me about this chicken. And they go all the way out to the chicken farm to learn about how the chicken was raised organically. And, yeah, that's a little far. But the idea... the, the it was based in a, in a true or valid observation. Yeah, yeah no, and I, I get that part of it. It just doesn't mean that I have to find it funny, and I didn't. I'm going to get like a Fred Armisen cameo or something where he's going to give you a shout-out or something in, for your birthday. Yeah, you should. Uh, well, let's get <laughs> him on the show. Heard you don't think I'm funny, asshole. Yeah. Oh, dude, uh, speaking of cameos, my Sarah. Uh, yeah? Sarah's oh, husband. Yeah, yeah. yeah, she got uh, a cameo for her birthday. Day, I think yeah. it was, and it's one of the hockey players from Letterkenny. It was freaking awesome. That was pretty awesome. Yeah, that was I watched, pretty cool. I I wonder if he's just got like almost a like a script, like a standard. It didn't thing he look says. like it. Like he looked like he was a lot of that off the cuff. But you've got to think like he's been doing this for seven years or whatever now, right? Yeah, yeah. But the way he was throwing it together was pretty awesome. Yeah, it was pretty good. I really appreciated that. I wonder what cameo costs. It depends on the person. No, no, no sure. But I wanted to like, what was that guy fifty bucks? Oh, you can look it up. I don't want to. Yeah. You want to set up a cameo? Ungrown up cameo? For, who? for five bucks? No, we'll just put one up and people. <laughs> oh, like people could get us? Yes. Oh, that'd be awesome. We'd be like, why'd you do this? <laughs> yeah, well, people would be like, who, who is this person? And the only reason we get any traffic is because we're the cheapest people on Let's cameo. Let's just do, we'll, and we'll just, you know what? Our specialty is your voicemail greeting. Oh, there you go. I got it. Like, we'll put the intro music, that, that right? And then just yeah. be like, you are leaving a voicemail for Steve. Yeah. Fuck off. Yeah. <laughs> Steve doesn't want to talk to you. Click. Doesn't want this job. Click. Yeah. The mailbox <laughs> is full. Just kidding. 
Oh man, I actually called somebody yesterday or attempted to to phone a restaurant and the mailbox was full. Oh man, how's that even a thing? I don't know. Like, how do virtual mailboxes get full? Well, how do you not set up your voicemail? Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's weird. Yeah. Do you even have like an outgoing voicemail message, or is it just a standard one, like the where it just gives you like the phone number? Is no, I have level? one, and I like on mine. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. It, it there is one, and I think it just says. Hey, this is Ryan. Leave a message. Leave a message. Yeah. yeah. I just ha- I used to have a voicemail where I used um, there's a couple of online text to speech generators. Yeah. So I would type in some oh, absurd yeah, yeah, sentences, yeah. and then a, a robotic voice would read it off. So I had that for a couple of years. I think now it's just the default, like the number you've dialed or whatever. Just leave a message, like just whatever that boilerplate. Standard. Yeah, I, I don't know, whatever. It's not my voice. I'm not leaving the message. I, it's whatever it is. It's been there for years. Yeah. Did so. you ever have back in the in the? Well, I guess was it the '90s? Ringtones, yeah. like when you would call your phone, your cell phone. Oh no! But instead of hearing the phone no, ring, no, dude, I wasn't paying for that. It would play music. No, I wasn't gonna pay for that. <laughs> That was so ridiculous. And in fact, it kind of irritated me when you call somebody and be like, some songs, like, I don't want to listen to your music. Up in here, up in here. I don't want to listen to your song. I don't. (laughs) Right? It's like the the people, so at uh, Balboa Park yesterday, this guy rode his bike by with his freaking Bluetooth speaker pumping. Like, why, people? Yeah, yeah. I don't like that. Well, we just drove through the traffic circle and there was a dude with an electric guitar walking. We had a bass guitar. Was it a bass guitar? Which is bizarre. Yeah, but he was just walking down the road. He was holding the neck and, and the strings. Oh, like I missed was, him actually playing. It just yeah. looked like he was carrying it. No. Yeah, whatever. It was weird. Yes. There's also a goose that gets walked down there. So Really? Yeah. Huh, I, There's a uh, couple that has a pet goose and it walks on a leash. Huh. And it flies like a, on a leash. Like a white goose or an evil yeah, Canadian yeah. goose? No, okay. a white one. Yeah, because those Canadian ones are just assholes. Aren't all geese jerks? I think Canadian ones are just exceptionally bad. Which is weird because Canadian people are so nice. Yeah. Yeah. So polite. Maybe that's where all the rage and anger was. Oh, the geese take it all away. Yeah. Interesting. Huh. Yeah, because I spent a lot of time for work up in Michigan. And that was really where I got a lot of experience with Canadian geese. And they're like, oh, yeah, just don't make eye contact. They're just assholes. Oh, yeah, they're totally mean. And I... Uh, there was a, I was in, I was in Detroit and, yeah. and the meeting, the building that it was in, there was a sign that said, please use front door. Goose will attack. <laughs> so you had to use, you had to use the one door cause there was an evil goose out the other door. So yeah, they are mean. I don't know why. Maybe we can come back if we, if you believe in reincarnation, maybe we can come if back as Canadian geese. You, uh, no. The truth behind, geez, what am I trying to say here? If I don't you, know what you're trying if you, to say, if, if you but are I am listening, listening to every word. And you, on. Thank you. And you know, if it's true that Canadian geese are where all of Canada's rage goes to be vented, please let us know. Ungrownups at ungrownups.com. There you go. Do that. And I read it, and I just renewed all the domains. And we go, ching. Ooh, we got, <laughs> we are keeping it real. We are oh, yeah. a legitimate uh, podcast. Yeah. You know, it's great. 36, well, 37, technically, with episode zero. So yeah. we've been, this is over a year. I mean, yeah, we've been doing it more than a year. Yeah. Thousands of hours. Yes. Of just absolutely intriguing banter. Yes. And a few minutes of actually good content. No. No? No, nah, maybe like four. Well, I guess that's a few. Yeah, a few yeah, minutes. Yeah. 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 We've had our moments. Yes. We need to find somebody else to talk with us because. Yeah, we, I mean, I like you. We offered Grayson to come on, but then we, we tried quizzing him at, at lunch and, and asking him questions, and his responses were a little lackluster. Yeah, he doesn't he hasn't really seem uh, too enthused. Yeah, I, I think he just doesn't know how to be put on the spot. Maybe. Maybe. I and mean, we could have... 
Because we were asking about, you know, his his YouTube viewing habits. Because I, if, if any of you guys have kids or have, like, nieces or nephews, take a look at what they're watching on YouTube. Or, well, yeah. Just, I mean, you, sh- you should know what your kids are watching. But, <laughs> right. But, like, my son is obsessed with YouTube video game playthrough footage. And it's not even, like, here's how you beat the boss on level four. It's literally just... Twitch streams of somebody playing a video game and just talking off the top of their head. Just, oh, wow, look at that bad guy. Bing, bang, got him. All right. It's just mindless dribble, but it's in real time. So Grayson's watching, you know, these YouTubers who apparently are making bank because he'll be like, oh, yeah, he just bought a Lamborghini. I'm like, what the? I I will, though, I have... Not anytime recently, like years ago. I would throw on like Twitch streams. Yeah. Just for background noise. Right. No, no, he's he's watching. Oh and, no, I don't oh no. Uh uh-uh. yeah. And then he's getting into he's getting into Discord chats, so he's playing Roblox on his iPad. Don't know what that is. It's Roblox is a weird kind of like DIY video game where it's it's like um they give you the framework so you can make your own games within this game. Okay. And so you can build like the characters and the, the scene elements. You can move blocks around and stuff and you can create rules or whatever. So he's playing within Roblox. So it's a game that's got thousands of games within it. Yeah. And so he can make his own game within there and other people do. So he's playing in there on his iPad. But then also he's got his laptop open. So he's got Discord open. So he can talk to his friends chatting that are playing the same game he's playing now. So he's doing like three things at once. Yeah. I'm like, I don't get it. I mean, it's cool. Do your thing, little dude. It's fascinating. Yeah. But again, it's just like, that just seems like too much work. Yeah, I don't I don't know, man. Somebody was talking about uh, Among Us or whatever, that game. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-mm. Yeah, I think he's got it on his iPad. I watched it like, I watched like two minutes of it. I was like, this is really not fun. It's one of those games where you're trying to figure out who the bad guy is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Which yeah. apparently, like, it's been around for a long time and just recently Somehow got, got popular. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And hey, whatever. Uh, yeah, I don't know, man. I wonder what other things have been around for a while that are getting real popular. Uh, uh, you think slap bracelets going to make a comeback? Sure. Jenko jeans are coming back, so why not slap bracelets? Yeah. Your, your uh, shark watch bands are back. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. Yeah. Everything Stop. comes back around. It's cyclical. Yeah, especially with like women's fashion, like the whole high-waisted jeans thing. That's yeah. a vintage kind of thing coming back. That acid wash look. Yeah. Like mom jeans. Yeah, guys' fashion doesn't seem so cyclical. Jeans and a t-shirt. It's just the size of the jeans, I guess. And maybe what's... I wear shorts and t-shirts. What the hell do I know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Maybe the difference is just the length of the shorts. Maybe we'll get back to the corduroy dolphin shorts where most of your thigh is hanging out. I'm I'm okay (laughs) with that. Most people wouldn't be. Yeah, when the shorts are shorter than your boxer shorts, that's probably a problem. Yeah, that's a little weird. (laughs) Like the dude today running up the trail in his his Speedo. Dude, yeah, his fanny pack was larger than his underwear or his speedo or yeah. whatever he was wearing. It was, that was an interesting, and he's just in the middle of nowhere, hauling ass up a mountain running. Yeah. He had like a water bottle in hand running yep. up a mountain. You know, the crate, like he's got to go down eventually. Yeah. He's got to turn around and get back. Yeah. Unless he's got like a shirt or a, a ride at the top. He like called an Uber to the top. Could you even Uber? No. No. Kind of Could you imagine if you're an Uber driver and you're driving down that road and all of a sudden turns to dirt and you're like, where the hell am I supposed to be taking? Well, me? like we, we were out at the uh, observation point at, at one of the viewpoints and we had the mountain biker go, hey, you guys have any water? 
because he had drank yeah, all drank his water all just water. getting there yeah. and he has to go back to where he came from. Yeah. So I can totally imagine like a mountain biker going, forget this. I'm calling somebody to get my ass off this mountain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would call somebody to drive me to the top so that I could ride down. That would be fun. Yeah. The downhill. Yeah. But yeah, the whole riding up, walking no. up. No. Don't like it. And on that note, not to say that we're lazy. No, we're efficient. Yeah. But on that note, I think we're done. I think we're done too. Yeah. It's been nice seeing you. It's been a good one. This Dirty Six episode was good. Dirty Six. <laughs> I, I appreciate you uh, spending some time today. I appreciate, it was fun. appreciate lunch. That was nice. A little Wahoo's action. Yeah. Which I haven't had in a while. So appreciate it. It was nice to actually get some food. <laughs> yes. And now I'm looking forward to my next meal. <laughs> Already. Yeah, life is just connecting the dots. When's the next meal? It's like we're a cat or a dog. Yeah, there's really no, nothing else going on, right? So got to yeah. have something. Something to look forward to. That's yeah. all it is. Well, that being said, sir, goodbye. You've been listening to the Ungrown Ups Podcast, and for this, we apologize.